You're listening to the Enneagram and Marriage Podcast. I'm your host, Krista Harden, and I'm so glad you showed up for our relationship chat today, as well as for you and your people. We're all about living intentionally here so you can experience joy and balance in your relationships once again or for the very first time. Be sure you hang with us on our social media platforms, and if you like research like I do, Make sure you check out our website at enneagramandmarriage.com for our weekly newsletter, freebies, and so much more, as well as at Instagram and Facebook. We have so many goodies to share with you. Let's dive right in together. I'm so grateful you could be with us for this Enneagram and Marriage podcast emergency episode. I wanted to give you guys a way to be able to come back to this podcast if you're like, I don't want to rifle through things. Like I literally had clients say that to me this week. Like, I don't want to have to find an episode out of your 300. I want an episode that has what I need, all of it right here, right now. So I'm like, we need an emergency strategy session right here and now for everybody who's in that space of just really struggling. And let's be honest that sometimes we're just there and it really needs to happen that we have good tools or this is where all hell can break loose. So I am here to help you with this. And I may just be listening to this episode myself sometime if I'm ever in that space. So totally open. You know, we love real marriage here. Everybody has the really, really hard days, Uh, but I want to get you through these and I want to help encourage you. You can do this. So I'm going to give you nine ways to walk through your hardest days of marriage. And I'm going to correspond them to the nine types just because we love Enneagram work here on the show. But quite honestly, these are standalones in and of themselves. So don't be too particular on the types. Just take the tips and take even just one. You know, we often say that on this podcast, take one tip to make sure you can run with that. And you know, I have a whole book coming out for you in fall. It's already on pre-order. So make sure you grab that if you're like, okay, but I even need more. So we are covering you here plus the other 300 episodes. Uh, So let's get started on nine ways that you can walk through the journey of getting healthier if you're in a bad moment or a bad spot in your marriage. So the first one is unsurprisingly and corresponding with type one, self-care. Oftentimes, if you're in the one space, you're doing, 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 you're growing more and more resentful of your partner and you're just like, grr, like, how is it possible that I could do all this and still they're not doing all this? And it's a very tit for tat when we're in the unhealthy one space, um, place. It's a very idealistic place of, I want a perfect spouse. I want them to do everything my way and uh, totally going to put my cards on the table. You know, I will. I do this sometimes. Uh, so, and I'm also an idealist in my other space. So I'm like, oh my gosh, yes, this is, this is hard sometimes. So when we hit that space, what we need is self-care. We're expecting our partners to take care of us And we're not doing our own work. So this is when we need to take care of ourselves to be able to say, I've got this. And you know what? Like, am I getting emotional, spiritual, and physical self-care every day? And especially today, that day, and you might just need that, especially if it's your time of the month. I was just chatting with Evie from the type guide and we were doing an Instagram live and we were reminded of how that affects females so much. And when I say it affects females, it affects everybody so much. So be on the lookout for that as well as being a type indicator of just slowing down, taking some assessments for your self-care and coming back to those three areas. For me, spiritual self-care is really helpful right there. 
because I need my time with God and I can be a bear if I don't get it. Okay. Now, Type two or next steps is gratitude. Sometimes when we're in that two space, we can be like, again, I did all this for you and all I want is this one thing in my way and I'm going to hold tight or manipulate to get it. And so instead of that step, what I want you to do when you're really struggling in marriage is give out some gratitude for life. For if you can't give it for your spouse, give it for your kids or your job or other things. I promise you, your countenance, your neurotransmitters, your dopamine, everything's going to be improving when you come back to that space of gratitude. And I've heard it said that the magic number is a paragraph written of eight things you're grateful for. And it might even transition into your spouse. Mine usually does when I'm in that space. Um, So eight things or even just three things. And if you can't think of something about yourself, like I said, don't let it foster only around your marriage on this. We'll, we'll get there in this next step. And that step is our third step and it's type three, uh, but also just all of us. When you're in that stressed out space in your marriage, you need good boundaries and you need to be able to uh, really give some time to the conversations. Instead of the harsh words we're tempted to give out in that three space, we need to come in with deep Deep breaths, and we need to come in with a nice, easy phrase. I hear you. If you're hurt, you can add, Oh, that's hard. Or, uh, you know, let me process that. Let me think on this. I love you. Uh, these are all great things to say, but they're not inflammatory. Nobody's going to be too upset if you're saying, I love you. Another thing you can say is, I'm sorry. And that sorry extends toward yourself too, because you're sorry to be in this mess. So you don't have to hold out that you're like, I'm sorry for exactly this or that. If you're not, I don't want to put words in your mouth and I don't want lip service any more than your spouse does or you do. But I do want you to take ownership in that self-care space, in that gratitude space. So I think it's healthy and okay to say sometimes, I'm sorry, I went off course and I want to be happier, even if you don't do what I want, um, because I'm releasing some control here. That's what I'm going to do is say sorry for losing my way. And I think that's really helpful for our spouses to hear. And it can be kind of like, oh, well. I'm sorry too. Sometimes you get that. You don't always get that, but sometimes you get, I'm sorry too. But again, this is a great space of presence and boundaries. Think of presence through this whole time we're chatting today too, because you can't do work on your marriage if you're like not present at all. So even though the self-care might be alone and the gratitudes, this is a space of listening and um, really taking some boundaries with, uh, with your partner. Now, in the four space, what we're wanting to give is compassionate inquiry. Uh, and I love that Dr. Gabor Mate, uh, really cool phrase that he coined. And I loved reading his book in the realm of hungry ghosts that I was recommended to by my colleague, Bina Ellefson. She's an awesome therapist, type four herself. And I feel like uh, Dr. Matei's work is really significant in the way that he learned after all of the time serving and working with people, he realized everyone has a struggle. Everybody has something. And so it's a space of leaning into, okay, you know, my partner is not a villain and I'm not the hero. We just have different journeys, different stories, different biochemistries. And this is important. This is worth really fighting for. I was actually reading something about that in psychology today, yesterday as well. And it was saying like, make a full case assessment on uh, this person. If you're mad at them there and that like analyze them a little deeper than this first immediate uh, thrust that we typically have as humans, which is that fundamental attribution error of I do things bad um, because I was wounded. They do 
do things bad because they're bad. So come out of that, come into some compassionate inquiry and realize you are not perfect either. And we all have a long way. Now in the five space, I'd like you to savor. One thing I love about fives is their ability to be past reflective, um, individuals. And they often really relish thinking back on some good times and can pull that up in their memory bank when their energy is low or just because they want to enjoy and savor a bit of time and imagination. And of course, I love this, especially as a seven when I'm like running, running, running. So it's a beautiful space to be able to say, ah, you know, I'm going to savor the good times we have had together. And that might even lead you into a bit of the planning where you start saying, I'm savoring that, but why haven't we done that in a while? I was just working with a client yesterday and and we were noticing, I'm like, you haven't been on a vacation in a long time and uh, even a day off work, you know, and we just reflected on other than the weekend, um, we haven't seen this in her life. And so it was a really important reminder to savor the good memories, as well as really set something up if you're like, ooh, no wonder we're not getting along. All we're doing is coupon conversations. So, um, and you know what I mean by that, just the boring ones that are like, oh, did you take out the trash or did you know that? so-and-so has a doctor's appointment or, you know, these kinds of things that are just, even the things like I'm setting up a, a meeting with us after church with this other couple, like there's some life to that, but it's still scheduling and it's still monotony. Um, I even kind of refuse to have those conversations after 8 PM. And I love that Wes gets that. Like, I don't say it a lot, but the other day um, I just said it because I was savoring and I go, I love that you don't ask me complex questions after 8 PM. I work so hard on the daytime to be um, open to that and to even be in that space. But like, it is just such a gift to know we can just savor and enjoy our lives as a family uh, without, uh, you know, disrupting our spirits. And for me, especially because he's more of a social. And so if I brought something up after eight, he'd probably be like, yes, but like just learning about each other has taken many, many, many years. So don't rush it. If you're not in the many, many, many years yet, you have time. Um, And in the meantime, we have all these steps. So keep on coming with me. We're getting there. Okay. Now, in the type six space, I want you to think about respecting because oftentimes in the six space, we're like, oh, you know, like I really need this because I'll be really anxious without this. But when you're reminded about uh, the work we just talked about in the self care space, uh, and now we're adding to this space by saying respecting them, it really allows us to say, wait, do I, if I don't have trust or respect for them, how can I give that? And I just want to remind you, everyone is a child of God and you can give it for that reason. And you can also give it for the reason of they have gifts. They have gifts you don't even have. Isn't that humbling that your spouse has gifts you don't even have? So that's an important space for you to respect and to show love. Even if you're like, I can love you and respect you and totally disagree with you or need a compromise. When we're in the tight six kind of constrained space, we're not willing to make uh, these concessions. We're not willing to let go. We're pushing, pushing, pushing. And so I just want you to remember ah, a deep breath and releasing that there. Now we enter the type seven space and you might be surprised to hear me say releasing is exactly the next step here for the seven, because some of you think of sevens as very light and we can be, but we're also in our planning fixation. So there's a lot of I'm going to do this, this, this. And I mean, one day I noticed I had planned so much that I hadn't done anything and it was ridiculous. And I was like, all I did was plan. And I felt like by the end of that day, I was in square one. That was like one of the worst moments of my planning fixation. Um, 
But what I've come to realize is that life often does not unfold the way I want it to. And so I've come to learn that I can set my plans lightly, release before God, and uh, just let go a bit. And so that's what I do now is I'm like, okay, we sevens like to have our positivity and our fun, and let's make sure we feel good and that we're balancing. And and there just has to be a moment where you're like, that was my hope. That was my plan. But we might have some hard t- days or I might be in a good space and they're not. And that's okay. And so there's a sense of like hands up if you're watching on YouTube, just ah, releasing it to God and saying like, I'm going to take that minute. And it's why you hear me saying, I need that time with God so I can have that minute to just really release. And when I have that, anything goes, I'm in that flow state and it's okay, even if it wasn't my plan. So that release is very key to the seven fixation of planning for fun. Okay, now the eight space, I think the word here is going to be, and I know it's a hard one for you eights, but openness and vulnerability. So some of you know this and you're like, ah, that's not so bad. I know this, but it's work, right? Because we're really allowing ourselves to be hurt and What we have to remember when we're doing that is no one can steal our freedom and joy. And my eight dad, I've said it so many times on this pod, gave me that gift before his end when I had a really bad day. Um, And I said, look, I am defeated. You were right. I was, you know, off guard and you're my protector. And I denied you the right to protect me as a seven for all these years. And I think I said it more like this. What would you say if I said the floor fell through and that you were right about this instance? Um, And he's like, really had a beautiful strategy for me. He's like, go to your office and just get away. And just, um, he he was kind of vindictive. He was like, let those people take care of your kids. Let's just like stop. Like, you know, he just like took it too far. Um, but like I was like, I love my kids. Like, I'm not gonna put my kids to anyone's danger, like just because I need to get back at somebody. But the gift of that moment was um was really just like, ah you know what? Like no one can get you. Um, You're allowed to love. You're allowed to show care. You're allowed to even fight for what's really important, but do it in a state of open heartedness. Do it in a state of vulnerability so that you do put all your cards on the table so that other people see what you're up to, see what your needs are, see what your desires are. Those couples, John Gottman says, who talk out what they really want and need communicatively do better than those who hide it all. And we know that what's wrong is one of those four horsemen of the apocalypse. So we want no stonewalling. We want you to be open. But to remember, at the end of the day, and Viktor Frankl said it also from his Holocaust days, nobody can get you. Uh, at the end of the day, he was even even able to find joy in looking at a tree and just seeing the beauty, even at places like Auschwitz uh, and Ravensbrück. So I want you to really embrace, like you have some choices, eights, or if you're in that eight space. And um, it's okay to lean in a little bit and to show who you are and to come back to vulnerability. And then you can slip away if you need to, if you need just a little while, just like my dad said, I'm passing that loving message onto you. You're not defeated. Okay, and lastly, if we're in that nine space, make sure you remember that action is very important. So you may just be like, oh, you just made me feel so good and I'm grateful and I'm glad. But then you forget to really use anything we've talked about because you're in that nine space of like just meh again. Like I brought you from terrible crisis stress, yay, but you're not 
yet to that space of, I want good. We deserve good. We do deserve that marriage would be an oasis and a sanctuary. And we are willing to work for it and put some grit in for it and some skin in the game. So that's what I want you to do in that nine space is I want you to put some skin in the game. I want you to give it your all. And I want you to start small with one of these tips. Maybe it's the self-care tip and you're like, I need a good brisk walk. I'm going to digest some of my anger. Or maybe it's the tip about savoring instead of thinking on the past hardships, I'm going to remember the good things. And I'm going to tell the narrative that we picked well in each other. And I'm going to write the new narrative that my spouse is honorable. I'm honorable and we're doing our work. And I'm going to spell that out and even write that out. Um, because the more you project out, uh, the better those projections have a chance of not becoming a negative self-fulfilling prophecy, but a healthy positive feedback loop. So I'm grateful for you. Thank you for tuning in with me. Uh, I'm just always so honored to have you on the journey with me. And so make sure you grab in the show notes, our, uh, our book info and check out the other pods when you need them. Take a nice deep breath and take one tip from today. I'm so proud of you for all the work you're doing. I'll talk to you. Thank you again for listening with us. It was so wonderful to have you. I love knowing we're doing this journey together, not perfectly, but with love, grace, and hopefully some fun too. If you love today's episode, make sure you leave us a five-star review at Apple Podcast or Spotify so others can find it too. Visit our show notes so you can get all the links from today's show, as well as EnneagramandMarriage.com, the Instagram, the Facebook, and all over the place. Make sure you spread the word. Love living intentionally with you. Bye-bye.